G'day mates, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. I am your host, because you've got no say in it, Troy McCubbin. Thank you for joining us wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing right now. I hope you're safe and life is treating you well. Uh, Yeah, we're a little late this week. It's been a bit of a crazy week, so I apologize for that. And uh, this is episode, Guitar Wank episode 155. 155, and uh, I saw Bruce last the other day, and uh, he's back in Carmel doing his thing. So we'll have a new Guitar Wank podcast coming up next week, and Scotty's doing his thing. I believe he had his two great gigs at Baked Potato and uh, Elvis. Yeah, I believe he kicked ass as usual. And we had Nam, uh, an amazing experience that was me and Bruce went down there we actually had a great parking experience because Nam always sucks for parking because it's such a clusterfuck down there with Disneyland and all that please bring it back to downtown LA that would make more sense for me (laughs) um yeah parking was a breeze this time because we just forked out the money to pay for 50 bucks parking and we were like five minute walk to the badge area and into Nam and it was another Nam experience that was, yeah, we had all intention of doing lots of interviews down there and getting around and speaking to as many people as possible. And we did not do one interview. Uh, why, you ask? <sighs> Once you're in the building, you're like, really? Do I just want to add to the noise? We didn't want to add to the noise. So um, all I can say, we did do a, I did an interview with uh, uh, my French friend, uh, Paris or Perrier <laughs> and um, we did an interview for him and uh, I will share that with you guys once uh, he shares it with me thank you for that mate it was good fun to, to talk with you but we, yeah Bruce and I was just like god we just don't want to add to the noise if you want to experience Nam just go there yourself and experience it it's a it's it's a it's a big noisy bunch of days it's great though it's a lot of fun you catch up a lot of people my best experience with nam was not only catching up with friends and seeing some cool products but seeing sarah mclaughlin like just perform five of her hits outside Uh, they had a big stage set up outside really great setup and a full orchestra and without any i don't think anyone i don't know i didn't know anyway sarah mclaughlin walked on stage and just performed after a day of nam and walking out and it kind of brought me back to what music is all about because all your licks and your pedals and your gear and your geeking out meant shit compared to what a great song is all about and she proved that so that was kind of cool to see her perform and sound so amazing with an orchestra but i did see some really cool gear um it's it's a blur but there's so much great stuff going on there of course i gotta say a big thanks out to wireworld pro audio cables larry hooked bruce and i up with some amazing earplugs and i gotta give him a shout out erases uh ear races they were fantastic i don't even know what they're worth but um they just cut down the noise they didn't block the noise out so you it just took out all the bad shit and you could still talk and hear everything but just drop the volume it was really great i really enjoyed them bruce and i wore them all day and i actually forgot i had them in 
and uh, they were fantastic. So thank you, Erasers, and thank you, Larry, for hooking us up. Larry bought those for us as a little gift, and uh, I really appreciate that, Larry. So Wireworld, they were showcasing their new cables and their new gear, so make sure you go to the website, wireworldproaudio.com. Go check them out. They make great stuff, and I use their stuff in my whole studio. I use their cables. They sound great. Nathan East is using their stuff. Stuart Ham. I mean, there's a lot of pro players that are jumping on board of Wireworld, so check them out. Uh, what else did I check out? No, uh, I saw a really badass amplifier. I don't need any more amplifiers. I don't need any more. Yet, I found one that I really liked and I was like, oh, these are really cool. And it's a company called Black Vault. Check them out, man. Black Vault. Very uh, kind of just raw bones, just beasty, ballsy, badass guitar amps. Really dug him and uh, I definitely, we need to get him on the show, the, the builder of the amps. His name escapes me right now, but very cool guy. Go check out their website, Google them, Black Vault. They were badass. Really impressive stuff. He makes some really cool pedals too. Um, so that was fun. And also James, I played a nice James Trussant custom guitar that was next to Black Vault. And I happened to pick up this Telecaster that was... He makes a lot of guitars out of metal. You might have seen him around. And um, obviously he's well-established. Everyone's got one. You know, Eric Clapton, Bob Dylan's got a bunch. A lot of high-profile players. You know, it's kind of guitar you buy when you've just got a shitload of money and you've already got all the gear and then you want something really, really cool that sounds amazing and is really custom and unique. You buy a James Trussant guitar. Trust it. Yeah, trust it. And uh, check them out. They're really cool too. But uh, the tally I was playing, I fell in love with. But the price tag was like four grand. So uh, I put it back down. I, I don't need any more gear. <laughs> but I do want to check out those amps. They were pretty badass. But we could only do one day. Bruce and I were talking about two days. It wasn't in us. Uh, yeah, not possible. There's so much stuff. To it's overload. It's gear overload. I mean, how much gear do you need, right? <laughs> a lot of cool pedals, a lot of cool ideas and stuff, you know. The reason why I'm doing continuing with Mr. James Santiago <laughs> is because uh, big congratulations to James Santiago and all the Universal guys that worked on the Oxbox. They won a tech award, the NAM Tech Award. They won an award for that. And um, I guess that's a big deal. So uh, congratulations to those guys. Is it a big deal? I don't know. They won our award. Who, who wins awards? So that's cool. That is cool. Let's give him props. So I thought I'd continue on with James Santiago. He's a good bloke. Good on you, James. Congrats, mate. And a shout out to all the people that came up and said hello at NAM. It was quite overwhelming, to be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Very overwhelming. The, the years passed. We would only have a few people that would recognize the Guitar Wank crew. But this year, it was a few people more. <laughs> I've got to say a big shout out to two great, a couple of great blokes, Hank and Doug. Thanks, guys, for not only buying me beers, but um, for catching up and hanging out. Just great people. This is when Guitar Wank is a community and we, you know, we meet random strangers. Not that Hank and Doug are random strangers, but... We did meet some strangers we'd never met before and they just come up and said, hey, you're that Aussie prick on that show. I want to buy you a beer. And really, 
that's the only reason I work on this show. <laughs> well, it's not work, really. Um, so i got to say a big shout out to Anthony from Georgia. You know who you are. Thanks, mate, for buying Bruce and I a couple of beers. That was awesome, and um, that made our whole NAM experience a little bit better with alcohol. Actually made it a lot better. And a friend from Austin, someone come up to me in the PR, the Paul Reed Smith booth, and he was from Austin, and I can't remember his name right now, but a big shout-out to you, mate. Thank you so much for saying day and how much you love the show. Shout-out to Jeff McElaine. He's got a new album coming out. We're very excited for Jeff. Good bloke, and uh, he does a lot of great stuff on True Fire. You might have seen him on True Fire or playing with Robin Ford. So, uh, Jeff, we'll eventually get you on the show at some point and hear your story, mate. But he was there doing stuff. Uh, Corey Congilio. Did I even get that right? You, you know who he is. Corey was doing all the stuff <coughs> Excuse me, with uh, Oxbox and Universal Audio. Corey's a, a great player too, another True Fire guy. Uh, so he was doing cool stuff. I saw Tim Pierce there. Tim Pierce. Good on you, Tim. He didn't, re- <laughs> he didn't recognize me. Ah, easy to forget. Um, James Hogan, brother to Paul Hogan. Good bloke. Another Aussie? No, not really. But uh, James, he's he's another great teacher, another great... I think he does True Fire stuff as well. Great plague. Thanks, James. It was a real pleasure to meet you, mate. We didn't get to have beers, but I'm sure we will in the future. Ever, a lot of people. But the important thing is they bought us beers. And that's where Bruce and I draw the line at... Uh, Letting our defences down, welcoming you, I haven't even drank today, into uh, our hearts and the guitar wank community because, uh, yeah, it helps, especially when we went NAM. So anyway, so that was a fun time, a lot of cool stuff. Go check out, I think if you go to nam.com or whatever, Google it, they've got all the shit that was there and you can check it out. And really, to be honest, it's really hard to try anything out at NAM because everything's so friggin' loud and it's just a mishmash of just every musical instrument and people talking and yeah it's, it's to be honest it's annoying as fuck but we all go there and we like it for some crazy reason all right well let's get into it a couple of things i know troy you've talked for so long now fast forward button motherfucker all right um guitarwank.com go there sign up subscribe we need subscriptions. That's the only reason why we exist is because of you. Uh, give us an iTunes review, good or bad. No, don't give us a bad one. Just lie. Damn it. Go there and lie and just say we're wonderful and we get everything right. Um, we have a guitar wank Patreon account where you can just give your life savings away to us so Bruce and I can have lovely weekends at NAM. <laughs> it wasn't that lovely. We did not spoon at all on the weekend. But um, go to guitarwank slash Patreon or you can go to the guitarwank.com and you'll see the, the link. It's just a way of supporting the podcast, making sure that we keep going and uh, we support our drug habit and everything else we've got going on. We keep Bruce and Scott off the streets. It's most important. Um, we have caps. We have mugs. We've got actually new mugs coming. I've been pushing for a new design on the mug because I figure if you haven't got the old mug, well, it's too late now because we've got new mugs coming. We are out of the mugs. We've got a new design. Um, it's going to be one of those mugs where you turn it upside down and the girl's top floor falls off and it'll be guitar wank. It's going to be awesome. Just trust me. Uh, what else? We've got T-shirts. 
was thinking about getting new t-shirts too. There's a whole new merchandise line, you know. But anyway, we've got merch. And if you're waiting on your t-shirt or your mug, keep waiting because they're coming, okay? We haven't forgotten about you. We have giveaways. It's just been busy. It's a busy part of the year, so we'll get to your giveaways, your prizes, and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to be posting pictures on the giveaways that we have, so you guys know what we're giving away, and you haven't wasted all your time listening to this guitar wank for free, and uh, you know, you're getting something out of it. Um, Besides all the great advice Bruce and Scott offer, (laughs) and the stupid jokes. Um, And that's it. I've talked way too much. I can't believe you let me go this long without fast-forwarding. Maybe that's a problem you have inside and you need to look within to find out what's wrong with you. All right, let's get to it. James Santiago, we continue straight on from last week. Have a great week. Be safe. Enjoy life because we're apparently only here for once, I've been told. And um, if you're having a drink, cheers. Good on you, mate. If you're working out, be careful. If you're going to work, going to gig, have fun. And uh, have a great week. Keep guitar wanking. Thanks, guys. Both of them did, yeah. but I mean, no, and Ted too. I mean, no, you're right. You're right. They, 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 you know, and I'm not, and I'm saying that with all the sympathy I can and empathy I can muster. You know, I mean, I love both those guys' yeah. music. Ted, I knew. I didn't know Alan, and I loved Ted. He was a gentle soul, yep. brilliant man, brilliant player. Any one of us would be happy to play like him. But the fact is, is he was tortured yeah. in other ways, and uh, he had trouble playing in public. He had trouble dealing with people. You know, he was shy and uh, an introvert, a real introvert. Yeah. And uh, oftentimes, introverts make the best musicians because they sit alone, and a yeah. guitar is not dealing with a person. And and so, you know, that's just that's just one of the things that happens in life, and, and that's kind of beautiful. It's what I mean. It's, it's our loss that we don't have a lot of recordings of him. Yeah. Although there is a lot of documented playing of him, thank God. Um, but on the other hand, it's just kind of what makes up the wonderful jigsaw of humanity. You know, jigsaw puzzle of all of us. You know, you, know, you, you hit on some interesting. I, I think I was shocked. I, I had a little apartment on Burbank Boulevard when I first came to LA, and I was shocked that he came over to my house one day, because I never thought he would leave his apartment. Right. And he had a little coke in a brown bag. And he had brought some manuscript paper with him to drop me off. And I was like, I opened the door. Fuck, you leave your apartment, Ted? You drive a car? Because yeah. you're right, he never, right. he wasn't a big social guy. Right. And he but yet he took care of his parents for... He did, right. Oh, no, he, he, he was completely... Like, I mean, he would go to yeah. MRI, he would go to Guitar yeah. Night, he did Guitar Night some. He would, no, he wasn't like... Put a lot of cards into a career. Right. He right. just didn't want to like throw a bunch of cards into the into the, the, the pool and say, Okay, I'm gonna be out there like say like Joe Pass did, like all these other guitar players did that went out there and been famous. And of course he would have been. He's famous imagine this. He's one of the most famous guitar players among guitar players among, that yeah. there is. There is exactly. And he never did he never toured. He That's never right. made records. Yet, he, imagine if he had gone out 
and actually d done what we do, like go out and actually tour and make rent. He had 20 records. Imagine how famous the guy would be. Or he would have lasted a year and probably, you know. Or I, maybe killed himself. I'm gonna say, I was going to go, he ended you know, up with like a Donny Hathaway. You just fucking yeah, check out. And you're yeah, or he quit. Or he quit. Yeah, or some, he, some, Montana some people just aren't meant right. for that life. You know, the, you know what it is? It's a showbiz life. And and that's it. And, and some quit people, all of this. Some people are not meant right. for a show. You're right. Life. Give up the that's fire. It. Give up. That's right. Give it up. Yeah. Give up this. <laughs> they give just, up all of this. You know. <laughs> though Alan was a big part of it. But if you you know this is one of the things that I shouldn't. I'm not going to say this. But Don't say it. I yeah. promised. You know that I would tell a lot of. I knew Alan really well. So, but I promised that after a year after he died, I would tell a lot of the funny stories about him. And it turns out a year later that they're really not funny. Yeah, it's hard. It's, you know, it's, the, and and two years later they're still not funny. So so how long has it been? It's, it's been, been a couple two or three years. years or really? Years. I think yeah. so. He died while this podcast was going, so it's it can't been, be that long. He was going to come on the podcast. <laughs> he was gonna, yeah, yeah no, true. I think it's two Damn years. It's been about two years. Two years. Yeah. But but that stuff still isn't funny because it. Even though it was funny at the moment, it's funny at his expense and funny at his family's expense. It's like, man, the dude was just tortured. He just did. He just wasn't happy ever with anything he played, and got really bummed out about it, and and drank and and did other stuff. Right. And but when you think about it, who a lot of our favorite players were heroin addicts because. And I, I don't. I'm not sure that a lot of that was recreational. I think a lot of that was was medication, you know, medication for feeling bad about themselves. And and when you think of all the great jazz and rock musicians who who did heroin and 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 other bad drugs and ended up killing themselves, you know, this this isn't partying. This is medication for hating yourself, probably, or or at least part of it. Or maybe a big part. It, it's a good point because Ted was typically a pretty happy-go-lucky, sensitive, yes, nice he was. guy. In fact, I, I'll, I'll give a bit of positive story with Ted and that. You know, with all positive stories, but I do remember one time sitting on his floor in his apartment, and I I kept always bringing a strat in, and one day he got so done with that he just like, "Mate, you're playing the wrong guitar, man." He just, just going to my kitchen. And of course, the kitchen had fucking. Tweed cases everywhere. Mm -hmm. Third one from the back by the stove. Pull it out. Blonde telly. Mm -hmm. PAF in the neck. The whole mm -hmm. another one of his. Yeah. He's like, mm -hmm. he's like, you're playing after the rest of this lesson. I'm like, fuck. Okay, okay. I'll put down mm -hmm. the strap. Because like, I I didn't know the telly then. I played the whole thing, and then I was like, I'll put the guitar. I'm marking it back. He's like, oh, you, you, no, no, no. You're taking that home with you. Take it home. I'm like, no, I, I don't, I don't play tellies. He's like. You take it home, and you're going to learn how to play a telly, and you're going to bond with it. And I need you to understand, you're missing all the harmonics off the bridge and all the, the things he would do. He's like, you just mm -hmm. need to... And he was trying to force me into being a telly guy to, to open my well, eyes. He's kind of right. He is right. Because you lose a lot of tone because of the Strat bridge. The Strat bridge and the plastic yeah, you lose, pepper. You lose just, a lot of tone. He's yeah. like, the chords are just... You hear yeah. all the harmonics off yeah, the bridge. Yeah. And the, he's right. He was right. And he yeah. forced me to take one of his guitars home. I had it for years. Yeah. Years. But that's the kind of guy he was. He was yeah. just so gentle, and yeah. he wanted you to do something. It's like, let me do you a favor. Take that. And he would just <laughs> for, cool. forced it on me for years, yeah. which is awesome, a beautiful man. thing. Is he was probably sure. one of the only real geniuses I ever. I mean, the shit he would play while he was talking to you, 
would would just blow my mind. I know, man. I've been there. I've been there, done that, and been just like, what the fuck? You, you just you just go, how the hell? How did he just is come he? out of him? He's like improvising classical music. Exactly. The four poor yeah, like, is coming out of his fingers. Like all these he's telling you about a Beatles things. song. Right. Yeah, he's talking about something, and meanwhile, he's playing this. You know, one of those guys where he's playing, and every single voice in the chord leads to the next perfect. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> you know, and then he cycles into some other key. And, yeah. It's like as long as the top note sounds good, I don't give a fuck what's right. going on under there. And it's like with him, every Everything. single note is like running perfectly into every other note. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, there's one other person I've seen that come out. I'm in. Uh, I've been going to gigs to see Jacob Collier. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking kid. Yeah, he's awesome, amazing. man. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah, so we've seen all of his LA gigs. He, We're gonna he, go again in March, and but you got to see Phil Degree play sometime. Man. I, oh my because god, I met Phil that, in Berkeley in the nineties. Yeah, because yeah, that's another guy yeah, who, holy who shit. just has like layers and layers and layers Dude. and layers and layers of shit. He was out then. I remember it was a, a, a yeah. yeah. It was it must have been the late nineties. Yeah. I remember it because I met him and like this is Phil, and, but he pulled out that guitar with all the extra shit on it. Yeah drone stuff yeah. but he also had a watch he was wearing his watch on his foot uh, on his ankle here yeah which i thought was really odd yeah i'm like who the fuck is this guy he was kind of out he's always but, but then yeah, he he's started out playing and i'm like holy shit yeah it's just mind-blowing i know it's amazing absolutely mind-blowing I, he just sent me his new album it's it's uh <laughs> you know it's another another masterpiece man just like what the fuck how does he do it you know I, yeah i don't get it it's like i don't it's beyond me you know all the all the all the intric intricacies right. of of all the stuff he does it's just beyond i don't understand it and i never will i guess that's the beauty of it it is <laughs> you, know, you, you, it's, you it's, just listen to it you just go and I, I don't i don't know if it would hit me the same way as it hits me when I see him play live. Because when I see him play live, it's different. I mean, I know the records sound great and everything, right. but when you see him do it live and you just go, what? What? Like, how? Well, how, it, how do you do that? There's, how, a, there's a thing that happens where it's almost, because I'm so guitar-centric, uh -huh. but at a certain point when a musician is that good, it doesn't even matter the instruments. Like, I'm not listening to guitar anymore. It's yeah. just music at some point. Yeah. And when you connect on the music, and it's just like like Ted. I don't. I think Ted would have been as brilliant if he played piano. I, at some well, point, I yeah. just forget that Ted was playing. He just happened to play guitar, and that's how we got it out. Yeah. Well, I remember when Ted said... I was there when Ted said to Phil that... And it was weird for him to say this because it was like he was going to die. He said it in a way that made you think he was going to die. And he died about a year later. But he said something like, Phil, you've taken my place as the greatest solo guitarist ever. And, and I was like, wow, I just heard Ted Green wow. say that to Phil Degree. And, and I was like, but he made it sound like you've taken my place like now that I'm He's got. He's, he can hand it off and yeah, that he's along. handed it off. Because you've got what well, well, Lenny Barreau. You figure he's been gone for how long? Yeah, him back and, then. and, and, and yeah, Lenny was but it was amazing. weird that oh, I. It was Jesus weird Christ, that I was man. one of the few. Me and Jay Graydon were there. Oh, great to hear him to hear Ted say that to. It was just weird. It was like like, I mean, I understand giving the guy a compliment, but he sounded like he was like passing the torch. the torch or yeah. something, you know, but. But I mean both guys in a completely different way. I, I think I, I think you know 
Ted, Ted probably was more influenced by classical music, maybe, than than Phil, who seems to be more influenced by maybe jazz, jazz, and maybe Lenny, Lenny, and and Chet. But uh, so I, I missed the boat. I wish I could have seen Lenny Barrow play. Yeah, I I only saw him one time, but I was too young to even know what the hell was going on. I, I was just just I didn't get it. You know, I was just like, I know, I know this is good, but I don't know why. Because right. <laughs> I just didn't know. And I saw him have a huge fight with his wife that night. And, <laughs> and like, oh my oh, God, shit. man. They used to fight like cats and dogs, so I heard. But I saw one of them. And it was like not pretty. It was out in the park, right outside of Dante's, outside the front oh, door. Man. With customers coming in and out. And she was getting in the car, and he was screaming at her, and she was screaming back at him, and it was really wow. like, oh, shit. <laughs> then he went in there and played his set. <laughs> it's an act. Yeah, it's part of the act, right? Part of the act. That's another thing. I almost feel like a tone goes along with your playing and your influences. I, there was a lot of stuff I couldn't listen to when I was in my teens. Like, I didn't understand Charlie Parker and Coltrane and Oscar Peterson and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I couldn't process it yet. It's almost like thinking that you don't come out of the womb liking sushi. Nobody likes It's mm-hmm. raw fish. At some point, your palate gets more. Mm-hmm. You get a wider palate, and you, you're able to experience other stuff. And that's why I'm always trying to, like, so I'm always reading music books, just studying constantly when I walk away from the gear. Mm-hmm. And I think I always feel like if I just did something more musically interesting maybe the tone would be better or maybe the tone wouldn't matter or it would just lead me somewhere else and that's just my own internal nice to have both you know it's nice to to, i mean bruce always talks about well i'm not into this and into that and in the pedals and the gear but if you see him play you you go tone is such a big part of what he's doing that it it's like he may it may not be as technical as what we do with all our pedals and knobs and EQs and blah 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 but man like I've seen a lot of jazz guitarists and when he plays it's different it's like he put a lot of thought into getting a sound that perfectly fits what he's doing and I've seen a lot of jazz guitar players where I walk away and go I like the notes but the tone left me cold and I've but, seen a lot of guys like that. But and, and, uh, you, yeah. and I think it's the same thing with a sax player and, and, and with a jazz guitar. You, you, you can't hide behind an effect and distortion and a bunch of this. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, I hide behind all this. But, and this is the wrong thing to be saying when I actually design crap like that and that box thing. But I think it's so much harder to be naked and have a, like I say, an acoustic L5. There's no pickup on it. Because you actually have to work for the tone. And you got to make mm-hmm. every note count. And you got to hit it with your hands correctly. And you got to be... Mm-hmm. in that zone like with a sax player my wife reminds me that you know you pick up a sack your tone is coming out of that piece of metal mm-hmm. and if you don't like that tone that's them that's them coming through that horn so the more we can just get our own shit together if it's coming off the instrument better or if it's musically better mm-hmm. i almost feel like that's almost better than buying a new piece of gear that will probably just waste your time maybe <laughs> in the end I don't know. Oh, so so basically, maybe, maybe I bought not. the Oxbox and it's and not going to help me. Yeah, no, oh, you, no, you're just going to suck. Oh. <laughs> but but <laughs> what if you what if you played with it for like 50 minutes in the last 10 minutes, you wrote a tune, right? Or you just I, I you know, know I found that since I had the Oxbox, I use my amplifiers all the time. That's that's what the amazing thing is because before I'd be like. 
oh, I want to plug into my amplifier, but it's going to be too loud and it's not the right time of day or blah, blah, blah. But now I'm like, I crank it and I get to use it all the time. It's, Troy, it's, if you yeah. cranked up your amp here in the daytime, would people complain? No. In the day? No. But at night, they sure would, right? Yeah, I wouldn't right. do it at right. night. And I soundproofed this room a lot, but a 4x12, man... You need a room within a room, and... I'll tell you this story real quick, because I've already told the story, but I just wanted to tell you. Before I had this windows out, I got complaints all the time, and my main complaint was from my neighbor next door. So I went over, and I talked to him, and he said, yeah, it's really bad. And I said, so let me just... Let's make a little test. So I looped a bassy... I went like, you know, played a Led Zeppelin riff and looped it, and my amp cranked, and I went over to his house, and I was like... Oh my God! I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I said I'm the worst neighbor ever. I felt so bad. So I said, "Dude, I'm gonna fix this." You know. So I walled up the windows. I did the air conditioner, and then you know when that all was spent, when that like thirty-five hundred dollars was spent, yeah. you know, I went back over to his house and looped the same thing at the same volume and, and he was cool with it he was, it like, was did it sound like someone playing a radio it's it was far back in the distance right. it's like you could hear it but just barely yeah. not enough to bother so they didn't so, have to buy a vibe station was basically no no well, the they knew thing it. is he actually knew who i was he, he he's almost a fan he's not really a fan but he knows me blah 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 but he was just no he was cool he said okay no that's so much better everything's cool you know just do us do us a favor Around 10 or 11 o'clock, if you could call it, we won't have a problem. So I call it. I don't play past 10, no. and everything's good. Yeah. So, so, But I just wondered if you had the same kind of thing here. I'm sure if you blasted around 11 o'clock, the people over here would call well, the I cops. Spent, so. I spent a lot of money on this studio, and I was really saddened when I cranked a, an amplifier in here, and my missus could hear it in the front yard. Like, yeah. I can hear uh, you playing in the front yard. I'm like, what? Yeah, I just spent all that money. And you really do. You need that well, room within a room. You, you need that got, air. Yeah, you know? you, in a perfect situation in a recording studio with there's, what, three walls separated yeah. by all kinds of stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, if you want to start pulling the foundation, float that, all that. You, yeah. you have to float the floor float and all floor that stuff. Well, this has got yeah. a floating floor, but... It just goes through the floor. It goes everywhere. I mean, yeah. The Actually, bass is what carries the, the most. Bass People run. hear the yeah. bass from a mile away. You know, yeah. that's why I do love the Oxbox. Actually, I will out him because he's not a, he's not an endorser. He just has them. But uh, there's Eric Johnson has four oxes in his studio. Eric does. He has a copy of his live rig running on oxes, and that's his practice rig. Really, mm-hmm. Marshall, the uh, wow. two twins, but they're all running into that into two little floor wedges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he gets in in the morning to ride or practice, he can get his actual sound that he's used to, but it's at a talking level where he can just practice and write. That's cool. Yeah, so that's really a nice cool. thing to have. Yeah. So because because he's yeah. so sensitive to the feel and the gain and the, yeah. the amps that. That's huge. That's a big compliment, right? Yeah, it's neat. It's neat because I told basically I said, "Dude, you're not gonna like this thing. I don't know why you're messing with it." He's got a giant tracking room and he's got all the gear and an engineer. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. you don't need this. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, "No, let me show you what I'm doing with it." And he just had this little writing corner, wow, music stand mm-hmm. and monitors and a little pedal board. It's the and it's his. Li- I have a video. He sent me an iPhone video. He's like, really, check this out. And you hear him play each of the sounds, and it is his exact live rig, wow. miniaturized. That's cool. Now, let me ask you this. For all us Oxbox, how can you give us a roundabout an idea when 
you think the next cabinets will be released or you can't tell us anything you guys oh oh, you mean the ones inside the box yeah i get it if i want to get to work on that project i shouldn't give you a date because the minute i give you a date there will be a forum post and they will call customer support <laughs> and then I will get a phone call going you, you basically but blew the press release of when there's going to be you can, you can say it's coming it's in the future I can say fuck I hope I win the lottery in the future and, <laughs> and you just get a gig at a restaurant I mean plan. I love what's <laughs> and don't get me wrong James I love what's there and I'm enjoying oh, it oh no but b- believe me I, yeah. I, I would imagine Universal Audio because you guys come out I mean I just got the the Apollo X 8p yeah. fucking love it i'm freaking out on it and um everything else that's working with it so i was just thinking i'm sure the Oxbox is going to come out with updates I, and new cabinets I, and I, I will tell you it was always meant to be a a, a platform that would be expandable updatable okay. yeah because I, I would never i wouldn't personally be involved if, if it couldn't have all this stuff that would be coming because right. i i t- to trim it down to certain pieces of gear if i personally have a problem with that because i want to play everything i want to playing with mics and cabs and yeah, guitars. Yeah, and yeah. So it had to be an environment that was going to grow. So I just can't yeah. tell you when it'll happen. Yeah. But uh, as long as I show up to work on Monday and they <laughs> still let me have a job there, I will probably be okay. Although, we'll see what happens after this show comes <laughs> out. <laughs> well, i got to say, man. It I, might yeah. not be for a while because yeah. we're really pretty lame about all this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I just, I, I just got... I got the new Mac Mini because Mac come out with the new Mac Mini and they're super fast because I was waiting for the Mac Pro to come out next year, but I'm figured that's going to be over who knows five grand that and that's going to be expensive. Yeah, and it's going to be really expensive. And but the Mac Mini I've got is ridiculously fast and it's it's I can put it in my suitcase. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Man. It's amazing. My yeah. whole my big Mac Tower, my Mac Pro Tower oh, yeah. that I've had since 2010. Is now all this tiny little thing. I mean, it's fucking amazing where technology is going. It's, I want to ask a question just because you're you're because because it, it relates to something that I'm working on now, and you're also a guitar player that has done lots of layering, I'm sure, and stuff. When you when you're looking for sounds, um, and and you know, like like say. Do you ever get the feeling that if it's not your sound and it's some other sound that it just sounds like it's broken and that you, you you have a hard time like using it because it's such a foreign sound to you that it sounds like it might fit the song but it still sounds weird to your ears even though the song likes it? You know what? I I, I will lay this out. In, 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 there was a period. I think Troy, you do a bunch of this stuff. There was a period where I was doing a bunch of TV music. Uh huh. And that the clip you had to work. And at the amount of fresh sounds you had to make up on the fly, mm-hmm. um, I must have, I, I probably did about 400 pieces of music I composed for a few years. I just mm-hmm. was doing it every night and on the weekends for years. Um, and, and I had to get better at either letting the tone inspire me or the effect or whatever it was, knowing it was going in there. And sometimes shit felt wrong, but I also figured out sometimes it was my own sort of baggage to a certain sound it's like well that sounds too much like this or this sounds too much like that and mm-hmm. or this just sounds horrible and then I, I had to stop editing myself in the moment uh, so sometimes if I start to get doubt but sometimes it's I want to just finish it because sometimes I feel like I make bad decisions when I'm in the middle of it mm-hmm. and I have to maybe listen to stuff the next day mm-hmm. sometimes that helps 
So yeah, because I think I feel like that when I'm doing things like yeah. tracking a bunch, stacking a bunch of stuff. But then you you don't you you start editing yourself while you're stacking it. Then you you hit a wall and you don't get anywhere. So it's almost better to just well let me just go with the flow. And maybe I'll do this and come back the next day and evaluate maybe the next morning yeah, when you're fresh. I guess that's how I do it too. Yeah, I think we I think we all I think yeah, I figured you would. Yeah. It's just cuz like sometimes I sometimes in the moment it it feels wrong and then I come back the next day and, and and think, "Oh, this actually works." You know, like I remember one time, I remember remember Jamit, remember that company? Oh yeah, I did. And I you could yep. buy the tracks yep. and I I bought like Machine Head. And I listened to some of Blackmore's tones. Oh, it's horrible. And I, and I couldn't it's great believe how weird they sounded. But yet, when you mixed it into the track, it sounded amazing. But when it was all by itself, it's the weirdest tone I've ever heard in my it's, life. But then you put it in the song, and it magically oh, works. Oh, dude, yeah. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I, I did some mixing stuff for Universal Music Group, the, the actual label. For, so I had access to a bunch of transfers. Mm-hmm. So I was going through the archives. Mm-hmm. A lot of Steely Dan stuff, too, just mm-hmm. listening to the, the, the transfers of that. And it was surprising for a band you thought was so anal when you heard it was, you know. Then you hear the little pieces and go, well, this just kind of sounds like shit. Why would they do that? Mm-hmm. But then in, in the, it's like the arrangement kind of made it work. Made it work, This right. weird little, which I thought was, uh, when you hear Do It Again, that really weird keyboard solo. That yeah, little, yeah. Uh-huh. When you hear those isolated pieces, that's a bunch of garbage is what it sounds uh-huh. like. But then when you're, they're all tied together in the track, it's like, well, that actually worked. Yeah, yeah. And our, our another guy, like Denny Diaz, when I listen to some of his isolated stuff, mm-hmm. you hear he's got these jazz influences, but sometimes his tone was a little ratty and a little messy. Right. When you hear it isolated, you're like, I'm, I wouldn't have kept that pass. But then you put the band up, it's like, wow, that's just the right amount of dirt. And, exactly. And it's yeah. like, like... It's his solo on Bodhisattva. Oh, come on. Yeah. It's, it's, like it's weirdly sloppy and, and awesome and, and dirty. And, and fizzy, but it fits the tune works. like a glove. It works. It works. Yeah, it's perfect. So, And I tell this to my wife all the time when I hear a piece of music, I... Man, I don't know who let them sing that, or why would they keep that part? And, but then you realize it's, well, you know, well, who am I to say that? But yeah, maybe it is some other producer, some other choice. It's it was a friend I went out the big band he was in, but he used to say the producer would always yell at him, just like, "Can you play shittier, please?" Because mm-hmm. if you played almost too perfect, oh man, I mm-hmm. I hate to admit it, but that's been I've been told that I've been asked that a couple of times. Oh no, shit. I, I got. And, I and frankly, I mean, I told him, I said, I can't play any shit here. You actually asked me to play bad? Is that what they're actually asking no, me to they, fucking they, play they, bad? They say, like, you sound like you're too smart. But I've, oh, you know, shit. I've heard you're, solos, I've, I've heard that's solos what they by Bruce say. on yeah. YouTube <laughs> where it is perfect. Like it no. just no, I have. It, it just, oh, he's. I've heard like I mean, I've heard these solos, and I go. It starts off and it gets it's really melodic and then it burns and then it gets back into some like nice motif and it ends perfectly and it, it, it just go that is just like how does somebody do that live I can do that it give me like five six hours in the studio I can do that but I can't do it live but and I would they, imagine you know, that but if you were set it let's say you I've you heard the, you do it live. I think I've heard yeah. him do it live a bunch I, I, of I, I, times. in my mind yeah. I can't do it live but, but if, it, if it, I threw you at set, let's say at Sunset Sound well, and the live track that, that was that was, <laughs> that was live <laughs> that was, did you hear what that asshole said <laughs> isn't there a steamy next or a steamy show, isn't it 
That was a solo. I mean, it kind of started off with a little bit of a run-up, and then it like got to the point. Nice finish. Round tone. You know, it's great of it that I can go back and I can enhance that. Let's see the ox get that tone. Oh, my God. I think, so, I think I needed like that. There's this new plug-in verb they have. Really, that would have sound good with one of those Swedish churches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe the Scientology guys have. Yeah, nice yeah, yeah. Live room in there. So what, what, what were we talking about? I forgot. Start <laughs> just totally. Okay. Oh, about the perfect. It was a modulation. Perfection in, the, perfection in the solo. You know. Well, let's just I put think it you this just did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm going to just say, it. if you were cutting something live and you knew you had a tape like that I was burning, like you did, you'd keep it. You would go, yeah. well, maybe it's not your favorite sound, but if you were just playing something so musically great and the band was locking, you would keep it, right? Or no, would you yeah, still go back? He would, no, would you? No, oh, no, come he on, really? Would. He would. Listen, let me tell you yeah. something. Do you, are you familiar with the Korg Pandora? Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that fucking thing. I love little, the Korg Pandora. Yeah. So, so, so I, when I, wrote this song right and, and it's the title cut of the record okay and it's this record i'm working on now so when i wrote the song i there's three solos in the song one's not really a solo it's just kind of a little melodic thing but then there's a real solo and there's a solo at the end so i first take played a solo with the pandora and played the end first take solo done right and I started to really like it. And then I played it for Scott Kinsey. And Scott Kinsey said, man, this is a song. I've heard you guys play this live. And I like your composition sequence version better. And I think that you this is, should be... I don't think you should do the stretched version on the, on the album. I think you should do the composition sequence version. It's shorter and it's right to the point. And I love the solos. And you just do it. So I did. So I copied it exactly, but with better tones. But then I got to the solos. So I said, okay, I'm going to just play these solos, but with my Marshall. Right. You know, couldn't do it. No fucking way. Those inflections and those little things and those little things that I love about that solo, I could not copy it. <laughs> so it's the Pandora. It's a first take on a Pandora, and that's what's going on the album. So tell me... That I'm there you've grown. There you go. I mean, Scott has grown a pair of balls. Oh my God. It's about time, man. You know what? The Pandora, it really, if you cue it, it sounds actually really nice. You know, it's a nice sound. I don't know what There's some bad tones in that thing. Yeah, but I mean, I've spent some time with it. I got some pretty good tones out of it. So, you know, I've heard Matheny actually slices some solos up and gets pretty inattentive in the studio. Oh, I w I'm sure he does just from what I know about him. So and do, what I does what? Matheny actually will go in and like like Streisand would actually like replace S's and T's and vocal lines. Oh, well, I do that too. I mean, but, I do that. I'm not not too but, proud to say I, I do that. But I think he gets pretty. I don't want to out the guy who told me, but he gets really deep into editing that stuff. And I do I would say he he really comes across as a very I well, from what I know, and I'm not speaking out of class, really, but he's very. Uh, if, I don't. Anal is a bad word. Like control. Okay. I mean, he's really a perfectionist. That's a better word. That's a, yeah. That's right. But you know what? I I I do the same thing because because sometimes there's these things that happen. Mag I call them magic moments. They're magic moments, and I love to capture them. And when I capture them. 
they're worth all the effort in editing to use them. You know, if I play the same take ten times, there's going to be magic moments everywhere. Right. And piecing together those magic moments is fun. And not only does it make a better record, but I actually enjoy doing it. It's like putting a puzzle together. Editing's a blast, man. Editing's really fun. Like, you go through, and, and, and also, man, there's sometimes when you hit a chord, especially chords, okay. Jesus Christ. I'm, not, I'm really more talking about chords than single notes, because a guitar with a little bit of gain, you know. I mean, you hit a chord one way. In fact, I would say that a chord is a snowflake. There are no two alike. Right. I can hit a chord a million different times, and everyone will sound different, because of many different things. If you hit it too hard, there's too much gain, and it blobs up and just goes boo. You know, if you hit it too soft, it sounds wimpy. If you hit it the wrong way, one of the notes is too loud, and on one of the strings is too loud or not loud or enough. It pulls out of so, tune. You're so, hitting your, or or one hard. of the notes is out of tune. Yep. So there's a million variables. You know, when you hit every chord. So if I'm playing a little chord melody thing, like you know, that's sort of my new style with this trio is that I'm sort of playing the chords and the melody at the same time, only it's on a semi-distorted guitar, and that's kind of what I'm doing. So if I play it 10 times, right, there's a good chance that everyone ever, I'm going to hit somewhere along, every chord is going to have its magic day. Right. So I'm going to be able to piece those 10 chords together, and every, one, every chord is going to have all the elements that I'm looking for. It's going to be in tune. All the strings are going to be even. It's going to have the right amount of gain. It's going to have beautiful tone. And all that stuff I'm looking for, you can only get by editing. Because right. if you play it once, you'll never, ever be happy with it. Now, on a clean tone guitar, when I did Chelsea Bridge on Vibe Station, three takes. Because every time you play the guitar, it basically sounds the same. Sounds good. Right. There's no distortion fucking everything up you know the strings are nice and balanced it's like no matter what you do with your right hand all the strings are balanced it's just like magic you know on a on a with distortion it's like you know you hit the things and the g string just pops out really loud and then the next time you hit it the d string pops out really loud it's just like it's a fucking nightmare man without editing sorry yeah it, it, you're so, you're absolutely right but just you know, I mean, and I do this shit live every night, and live I, I go, well, yeah, live I'm sure it sounds fine, because it's got a, a million feet of air to get through before it reaches the people that oh, hear it. Oh, you're working it. off an audience, or and the vibe in the room, too. Yeah, it's oh. fine, you know. Yeah, but, the, but the band is the blending band, right. yeah, in way but, different ways. But when you put the it blend up, you know, in, in a recording is, right, is very right, separated. Right. The blend in the room exactly. is very yep. homogenous. But when you put that shit up to a microscope in the studio... You know, every chord just sounds like, oh, like, oh my God, I can't believe that chord sounds so perfectly in tune. I'm keeping that chord. <laughs> I don't want to lose that chord. Is I mean, sometimes when you go from one voicing to another voicing, the, the act of doing that makes you hit a note sharp. Right. Like one of the strings. Particularly a G string. Yeah. Yeah, if you've got a plain G. Everything yeah. unwound, yeah, yeah. Everything goes a little squirrely. Yeah, you know, and the guitar's squirrely enough as it is. <laughs> well, you, if you're playing against the piano, then you're Man, you can't, you know, I mean, you can tune a fish, but you can't tune a guitar. That's, that's you right. know, it's fine. I've had to say this. The guitar will never be in tune. No, it's, it's never, never going to be in tune. tune. 
It's never going to be give a tune. Shit. It, you can tune it, whatever. It's never in tune. That's in why I try to play yeah. as fast as possible. Yep. I finally got. I finally there was. It mitigates section. all that. <laughs> they can't hear it. What? What was that? What was that? Thirty second. No. Did you hear that? What was that? They're not even going. Was it a tune? They're going. Did, what was that? <laughs> yeah. There, so, there was. I there was this. Tune. What is that? <laughs> See. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's this, raccoon turns. There was this one section of this tune that I was working on, and this this moment from going from one section to the next section sounded so out of tune, yet Melodyne was telling me that everything is right within five cents. I don't I don't really use Melodyne to fix shit. I use Melodyne as a measuring tool. Like if I play a chord and, and well, his and vocals sounds, sound a lot like Kanye though well, when he it's, does it. It sounds it sounds <laughs> like he's a, a genius. But it sounds like it's a little like I play a chord and, and it sounds the slightest bit out of tune enough to bother me that I think I should probably record it again. But just for the fuck of it I'll throw it in Melodyne and Melodyne's telling me like, yeah, the fifth is like fifteen cents sharp. So it's like oh, fuck Yeah, it. you think that's yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> I, I know, like, yeah, uh, something bothered me. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, so I play the chord again, right, and tune it. You know, and ho hopefully my tuner's you know being good, and I finally play it till it sounds right in tune. But I couldn't make this one transition sound good. I finally figured out it's not me; it's the fucking bass. I was gonna say it's probably <laughs> it's some funny bass. Like oh. I go in there the bass part, and he's like at least this motherfucker. Does, does he listen? Does he listen to this podcast? <laughs> I'm sure he uh, does. I've already told no, him. No, I, I think he's I dead said, already. We were, I yeah, said, yeah, yeah. you're really sharp on this tune because there's most of the tunes he's like right on. You know, you know. I don't know if you've ever seen DP, but Pro Tools probably has. Oh, the I, same oh, I used thing. digital performer for years. Yeah, so you know, I, yeah. I, I'm looking at the pitch window. You can window. get the little thing. And you, can, you see the little bars, and you can just click them it. into the slot to tune it up. But I'm noticing on most of the tunes he's like dead on, but this one particular tune, everything that isn't an open string is sharp. So and I'm thinking, well, either he just was excited and he was broadwing the yeah. notes yeah. And, and, and they went he a little grabbing sharp hard. as he was playing, yeah, just hitting them hard, right? So I had to pop a few down, the ones that, and, and, and of course, that little moment that I've been working on so hard, it wasn't my fault. It was the well, bass was out. So there, there, oh, there, there's a there's a couple of folks like actually Josh Smith who's like the neighbor down. Oh the yeah, street. we know Josh. Yeah, he, oh, you live over there. there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but or he, by Kinsey's. Yeah. Or yeah. by Salsa and Beer at the same Mexican place. Oh, right. I've been there What's that place called? Salsa and Beer right there. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I went there with you. <laughs> that's right. We, and me, you, and Kinsey, and Josh. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's, that's, and Lyle Workman said to say goodnight. Oh, tell Oh, I love Lyle. He was on the show uh, oh, last... Oh, awesome. He was our last guest. Oh, I got Lyle stories, yeah. too. That's a funny yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. The, the, um, uh, there's a book I got in Mathow. Well, W. Mathow. He used to be an arranger, but he wrote a book on all this... Why everything about just intonation and why yeah. this stuff's not in tune and it uh, it freaked me out years ago to realize like no matter how well I tune my guitar it's always going to be out because right. the harmonics are always pushed out as they go up the mm -hmm. overtone scale and all that other shit. Shit, but, man, you can't even get the fundamentals in tune. Yeah, the what fundamentals the will never be you in tune. Talking exactly. About yeah. Yeah. So you start Jesus letting it go. Jesus Christ, get get real here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the fundamentals in fucking tune. I, I actually realized I like shit. I all the records mm. I like. Well, all the sax players are like, yeah. my wife would be like, you know, that guy play, always plays sharp. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. I don't give a shit. Was it, I just love his playing. 
Yeah. Because I'm, I hate to say it, but I've been listening to more piano and sax players lately. Like, I'm all about uh-huh. Bricker right now. I'm so going Wayne, to Wayne Schoener and... got inducted into. Oh, what? shit. Um, what's the Kennedy Senator? Oh, oh, Kennedy oh yeah, Senator that, that, yeah, that was a while yeah. ago, yeah. yeah. Actually, that's a guy who is. Probably my, my very favorite sax player, and his intonation could it, definitely be oh, wow. weird. You know what I mean? I mean like, but yeah. some of it's yeah. some of it's inflection, and some of it's just out of tune. Yeah, so, and, well, and okay. it's like yeah. you can arrange some of those weather report records, and it's definitely out of tune. But I love it. It's like Hendrix. You know, you listen to Hendrix. Is who cares if it's out of tune? It's great. Well, shit. see, when I first heard it, I thought it was out of tune bullshit. When uh-huh. I was in high school, I'm like, I don't get this. What the fuck is this? Right. But right. then I, but this is the foxy lady kind of sure, shit. But then yeah. I heard Axis Bold as Love, mm-hmm. where he was playing more of his R and B, Curtis Mayfield kind of chords. And then right. it's like, oh, there's a lot more to that. Again, mm-hmm. that was a guy I wasn't ready for when I first heard it. Yeah, me neither. Actually, Hendrix was not. I didn't register with me when I first heard him, but then I got to love him after I realized that. I know what it was for me. It was the fact that he doesn't play in time. Everybody, everybody that I'd listened to up to them, uh, up to Hendrix, played in time. So I was used to musicians playing in time. So when I heard Hendrix play and heard him play all those floaty phrases that had nothing to do with the time, I just thought it was wrong. Well, then Mitch and Mitchell then I, also floats. He had a. And then I realized that oh, yeah. that's the blues. That's, that's the blues. Right. Like, oh, that's what? what the blues is. Okay, why do kids yeah. not like the blues anymore? Why, why oh, do all the fucking students? I love the blues. Why don't? Uh, oh, you I mean jazz know. kids? Like, all the new kids now are, seem to be. But just blue, shredding, there's but, a whole blues world of kids. But in jazz, but, the bluesiness. Hate to call it blues, but the bluesiness factor seems to have been. Well, they just got to rebel against something, I guess. I don't know. They're moving on from that particular element of the blues. I mean, it's it's very noticeable. They've got uh, way from more the uh, from the young modern yeah. jazzers, it seems to be the blues is not a a thing. And you know, I mean, when I get my students that are really great and they're like that, I like I ask them why, and sometimes they'll even tell me the blues is corny. You know, but. W- that's their opinion, or maybe that's the party line. You know, they're in a clique, and that's what, what they, they all believe. To? Well, they just the, they, there's no real blues-sounding influences or, or articulations, ornaments in their playing. You know, and uh, maybe it's just the music has moved on to another place, and it's not where I want to play. It's okay, but, I mean, it's just what it is. You know, right. I mean, people have to make their music. They're not supposed to make anybody else's Kirk Fletcher told me that I asked him like where are the young black blues players and he said man I grew up hanging out with white kids because the white kids love the blues all the black guys are into rap so it's like Uh, the the, the kids his age the young kids the black kids his age they grew up they didn't grow up listening to yeah. blues. They list, they're listening to rap and R&B yeah, yeah, or whatever. And, 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 but they know. don't listen to blues. That's not that's not a thing with for black people anymore. Maybe it makes maybe they don't oh, this is stupid or maybe this is a dumb thing to say but maybe they don't like it because it reminds of a time when black culture was not what it's supposed to be. You know, now black culture maybe is closer to what it's supposed to be and maybe rap is part of that. But 
but blues was back was 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 okay. made back when black people were not respected, and so was and, jazz and, and, for that and, matter, and, and, right? And, and 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 their music until it was appropriated by us white folks, right. exactly. Yeah. Until it was appropriated by all the and then you English have to go bands. to Europe to actually get a fucking exactly. get paid. Yeah. You can't so get that's, that's why I'm saying maybe that's why black people, right. young black people, don't appreciate the blues like they used to. Because you know, how many I mean, young it, black blues players have you seen lately? And I, I know, seen and but, but but for us, to even think that the white players are playing a lot of blues it's a very small group of guys it is a small group of guys so you know a small group of black guys small group of white guys are really into that tradition just like jazz players you know that are into the tradition you know of playing there's just a few of them you know because it's a it's in many ways you got to admit it's maybe not an accurate representation of modern culture as they see right. it right. so um so they move on it's okay I mean yeah it's you know hell, but man, you know. for somebody with a deep love of blues, and the, I'd have to say that blues touches on just about every aspect of my music. Because I hear it in your play, I heard it in your play when uh, I got really into the record from around ninety one or ninety two. Was the necessary blonde Sabakwa? Some, some of those, yeah, tribal tech those stuff. Tunes. Yeah, yeah. Though I, I think I probably it played there, less right? bluesy then, just because I was so into learning jazz and learning about jazz this and that that I'd probably I would probably consider tribal tech as a period where I kind of lost touch with my roots because before tribal tech all I did was play blues and blues music but those guys didn't want to play blues they wanted to play you know their thing and and especially Willis who's really into funk and grooving music and he just wasn't into blues I just like he didn't really want to have anything to do with that so i, I kind of just like went with the flow and it's like okay well this is a fusion band this isn't a blues band and when i try to bring blues into that band it didn't seem like it was very accepted you know that's actually why i made dog party because yeah. i just said okay enough of this tribal tech shit i'm gonna make a an album that that sort of goes back to before i ever met these guys and when i used to just play in, in cover bands and play blues tunes and you know, it was fun f for a while just to go back to just playing straight 12-bar blues and and not having to worry about syncing a MIDI synthesizer up with Simpty so we can have 12 synthesizers well. going on at the same time during the mix. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, it got so technical. But, but I could hear it. Well, I'm going to just out myself because I'm just about playing in that weird late 80s, early 90s period where... Uh, and I'm going to just say this. Uh, I love West Montgomery, but I can actually do without the octave playing. I actually like the single note lines better. Well, me, me too. fucking apes is yeah. damn octave stuff. But but then you're, you're playing where, where almost fusion was starting to get so choppy that it just became about a technique. Yeah, and yeah. When yeah. I heard your plan, I was like, no, because I came from a more of a, a Larry Carlton, George Benson kind of thing. Sure, yeah, yeah. And and then I got, of course, being from the Bay Area, Robin, everyone, you mm -hmm. know, everyone's like, you got to hear this Robin guy. Mm -hmm. So I could hear that in your plane, there was still some bluesy sort of more arm, something in there wasn't mm -hmm. just, I shred and can play yeah, a fucking, yeah. no. you know, I can't, this scale. I, I don't know how power. to shred. <laughs> but I still like Holter, so, so go screw me on that. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are some guys that, that I, I don't think blues fits their music so it doesn't really I, I don't hear blues in Alan's music because it just he rarely ever took a note and he no, never it, really it, bent that, into that it that music yeah. is, is not really bluesy so why play blues in it 
You know, there's there's certain there's certain types of chord progressions where pentatonic just doesn't work. Right. And in Allen's music, all those chords going against each other, there wasn't a place. There might have been like a a, a five second minute where you could have played a little pentatonic lick, but most of it was very non pentatonic. He was a little dirtier yeah. when he was on the, on that Bruford record. That period in it, yeah. he was a little. And the Tony Williams. The Tony Williams, yeah, yeah. lifetime was, stuff. But, was, but that, but see, that weren't those weren't his compositions. That's true. You're right. That's so. Right. That's why, because the people that wrote those compositions, there was room for a pentatonic scale to fit within those that chord structure. Yeah. When Alan started writing pentatonic, anything pentatonic went out the window because all those chords are so angular. There's there's no, and they move so fast too. Yep. It's like trying to play pentatonic over like a Wayne Shorter tune where the mo- where the chords are moving like there's a chord on every quarter note. Right. <laughs> you don't. No, There's just, not really a whole lot of playing, you know, ways to play the blues in that kind of music. It, it's just shooting because I, I, in, uh, I said I always look. Inter- it's interesting when I hear from other players. I'm curious where because I see kids now who are, they get the blues now filtered through John Mayer, and then maybe yeah. they get to Stevie Ray. It's like you might want to check out Jimmy Vaughn. You might want to go back right. to Albert King. Albert you might want to get to some of the guys. Sure. Go back a couple more decades because you might enjoy that. But I don't know if they, I mean I wish I had YouTube when I was a kid because I had to spend every dollar I had going to either buy blank cassettes to trade with friends and tape their shit, or actually buy an LP or go buy a book. Well, I'm not saying yeah. anything bad about Stevie Ray or Henderson. No, I love but, them both. But, but when I first heard Albert King, I was like, oh, so that's where these guys got their shit right. from. And he smoked the pipe and looked damn cool while he was doing <laughs> you know, it. I met Albert King at uh, I met Albert King at uh north sea jazz oh. when i was playing there he's a big dude was man. he was a huge. big he was huge oh, oh he was man. dude he was like a huge. fucking linebacker like a, like a big football yeah guy, you know? wow. intimidating so I up, apparently i huge, went up to dude. him and i just said hey man you know i'm a big big fan and i said if you're ever in la would you ever consider like coming to musicians institute and doing a little workshop for the for the guitar players and he said Man, I ain't got nothing to show them kids. Oh, <laughs> and I said, dude, you would play one note, and they would be down on their floor and the knees just blown away. You know, just like we would love to have you. And and he died not not long after that. Yeah. Man. But at least I got to meet him. Was that was like that pretty such a hero, of mine? Dude. Was that pretty cool to go out to him and talk to him? Oh, like, just to meet him. I mean, right? I got to meet him. I got to meet James Brown. I oh, you met James God. Brown? Yeah, I got yeah. to meet a lot of the guys. How, that what I, was that? Yeah. Tell me the James yeah. Brown experience. Holding oh, amazing! Just like just I got to talk to him for about ten minutes. It really? Amazing! Yeah, yeah. Because we opened for them. <clears throat> yeah, oh, Zolinol. Yeah, and, and we opened for James Brown. And what was really sad is the 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 Yellow Jackets had to play after James Brown. Oh <laughs> shit! And that was hard because you know people were just you know I mean nobody can follow James Brown except for maybe the Rolling Stones maybe right or Prince <laughs> yeah but it was it was uh, it was amazing to see him play in 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 the time where he was really on fire like I saw him really live too just yeah. killing man two but you bass got, players you got two to, drummers yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you got to, you got to talk to him. What was yeah? What was he? He was actually super nice. Yeah, super friendly. Just friendliest guy you ever want to meet. Wow, really man. nice cat. And just talking That's... about tra- we talked mostly about travel. Yeah, about you know hitting the road every day. He was just so cool, just so normal. Man, what a what a nice cat. And then he just went on stage and just kicked ass. Kicked ass. It's ridiculous. But yeah, man, you know, it's fun wow. to meet those kind of people that you look up to all your life, and then you meet them, and you just go, what the fuck? Are you always like, 
I mean, because I know when I I'm like meet people like that, you're like, I mean, what the fuck do you even say to these people? When you're walking up to them, you're like, Ugh. just say, man, I'm such a big fan. Right? That's all I've ever brought myself to I usually to walk say. up and throw yeah. up on them. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the time when Bruce first met Keith Jarrett. Yeah. Great, great okay, wait, story. wait. Is Keith, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it. Is Keith Jarrett as big an asshole as I think yeah, he is? Yes. Well, what the I, fuck, dude? Ask Bruce. What the hell? Ask what Bruce. happened? Tell Jesus Christ, man. Uh, well, my short experience would have to uh, concur with that synopsis <laughs> summary. Um, yeah, I was just, uh, I was doing a festival. I was working with Richie Cole. I was really young and and we went to like an artist reception at this festival. It was in Sunday, uh, Snowbird in Utah, the summer festival they had there. And uh, I got there, and Keith Jarrett was there, and uh, and the the uh, the what the the promoter said to me he says, "Oh yeah, Keith's over there. Would, would you like to meet him?" I said, "Are you kidding?" You know, yeah. It's like so, you know, I'm kind of like almost hyperventilating, you know. <laughs> and I, he took me over across the room. He says, hey, Keith, uh, this is Bruce Forman. He's playing with Richie Cole. And he looked at me with the most <laughs> disgusted oh, no. look I've ever seen on a face. And he said, so? <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, Wow, you're much shorter than I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> that was your comeback? Yeah. No <laughs> shit. Oh, that's, oh, that's fucking awesome. What did you do? That's and he kind of got pissed man. off and walked away. Oh, that's so funny, man. And the promoter's so, just standing there. That's <laughs> so... <laughs> so... Uh, he's teeny. Uh, he's little, I mean, I, I guess in my mind he was huge, you know. Yeah. Right. He's a giant. <laughs> right. yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's this little teeny thing, you know? And it's like, so? And I just... Oh, I, had, funny, I couldn't man. think of anything else to say. Well, I've never had that you're experience much shorter of than I thought somebody you were. and then just Holy dissing shit. me. Shit. Never I had can't that. even imagine Never, that. never. That's it's not so, like that. I mean, that's I don't know if just I can so disrespectful, man. It's just so never, bad, just like the never, attitude of just say so. But yeah, never had anybody treat me that way. that's okay I mean, could you... Whatever. I met Mel Gibson backstage once, and... He was. He just come up on an award show, and I ran up to him and said, "Ah, oh, Mr. Mel Gibson." And he's just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, or whatever, kid." Kind of fuck off. <laughs> I know what, you know, Freddie but Hubbard. <laughs> we were backstage at uh, at a cowboy festival thing I was doing with my band Cowbop, and uh, we're like it, Rance Howard, which is Le, uh, Ron Howard's father. He was a cowboy actor. Ron Howard's father. Yeah, was up oh, wow. giving a speech, and this guy was like going on for like. <laughs> He was supposed to talk for like five minutes to get his award. We're like now on like the 45 minute, you know, and we're trapped backstage. And it's me and Pammy and Tom Selleck. He's, oh, really? he's the Shit. MC, but he's got to wait for Rance to finish. He's, we're all just kind of, you know, trapped. <laughs> and um, there was like a table with water, you know, over kind of the corner. And, uh, Pammy was there and she was thirsty. She said, I gotta get a drink, you know, she said to me. And so I just said to Tom Selleck, I said, uh, she needs something to drink. Can you get her some water? <laughs> 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 and, 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 he, and you could tell he went into this like, 
I'm a big star. I don't get water for people. At the same time, he's a cowboy and a gentleman. Right. So he's got to get the water. And you could see this inner fight go down. And finally, (laughs) finally the gentleman won, and he got up and got her a glass of water. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you get it? You know, well, because because I because blocked in. I was like, it was like he was closest to the water, and and like in order to do it, I would have had to get up and climb over. So you made Magnum Pi get your missus some fucking fucking a man. And he was the nicest cat ever. Tom Selleck. Yeah, he was nice. What's up with you jazz guys and Magnum P.I.? He was just like the nicest guy. Yeah, he, he was really about, nice, um, but you could tell by like me asking him to get a glass yeah, of water. I didn't ask him to get me a glass of water. <laughs> was like, you could see there was like, I don't get water for anybody. I'm not a waiter, yeah. but it's now, a woman. And, now, you hold, know. It. hold it. Let me stop yeah. you there because um, we just lost George W. H. Is it H- George H. W. Uh, yeah, H. W. We did, and you, you met him twice, right? Yeah. yeah. You performed for him? Yeah. Well, tell me, tell us about that. Well, it was just some gigs that he was at. It, well, he wasn't present at the time. Oh, he wasn't? No. Well, it was before or after? After. Okay. But, well, he was a president. He, he was, yeah, he was an ex, he was a former president. And how was he? He was very, very nice. Yeah. Very gracious, really dug us, really made, went out of his way to tell everybody in the band he loved it. Yeah. On that level, he was really a cool guy, man. You've how many presidents you met? Uh, two, three, I guess. Like two Who? for sure. So Bush and and Clinton and Clinton. Scott, I never met any. You president. were president of some company, right? President oh, I met Reagan. Uh, I met Reagan. President of Sir Guitars, and I met the president of Exotic <laughs> Pedals. <laughs> and, and he said, oh, it. Like he said nice a few presidents. Yeah. What? He, he said a few presidents. You know, president of Exotic. That's Toshio. <laughs> yeah, Toshio, yeah. I, I well, that little factory's around there. I go to the business yeah, yeah. around there. Yeah, yeah. Toshio Oliva, he's yeah. the nicest guy Nice ever. dude. Super yeah. nice guy. Super Holy nice shit. guy. And, um, um, yeah, and John Sir, he's I the president. I was just going to tell you this story, though. Talk about mean. When when um, there was this trumpet player that played with Chick, I think his name was Al Vizzuti. He's on the... Or v- maybe I got the name wrong. I'm not that sure. That sounds right. Alan Vizzuti. Alan Vizzuti, yeah. He was on the Tap Step album. <laughs> and he, they, they were going on stage one night, and um, this story is from Chick. And her, um, Freddie, Hubbard was, <laughs> Freddie Hubbard was playing after Chick. And so Freddie Hubbard was there, and he walked up to Al Vizzuti, and he just went, you know, played blah, 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 this amazing bebop, just like yeah. really high, and ended up with this super high note, and he just went to Al, and he says, can you do that? <laughs> oh, wow. That was Freddie. That was Freddie. Thought, wow, man. that's great! You know, only shit that only Freddie could play. I know because he was a badass. Oh, he had chops! Of unbelievable! Ass, you know, so oh my god, but that was funny. <laughs> oh, anyway, damn man, that's that's funny. You met Reagan? Yeah, you did. Wow, yeah. really? After or before? <coughs> After. Mm-hmm. Did you meet? Did you meet Nancy? No. You didn't mean it's just Reagan? No. Did yes, he wasn't just a president. president. No. <laughs> did did Reagan come across as an actor? I guess. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of late. I think he wasn't all there. He's starting to lose it. Kind of like Howdy Doody, you know. Right. You were too young mm-hmm. to even know who Howdy Doody was. But uh, yeah, he was kind of a little smiley and very friendly, and but a little 
aloof. Slight disoriented. Right. Which he was, you know, he was quite up there at that point. Yeah. That's what everybody says when they, they say, did you ever meet Jocko? And I... And I, I want to say yes, but I have to really say no, because <laughs> I never really knew the guy that was so great. I just yeah. knew, like, the street urchin that he became, <laughs> wow. you know, like, oh, the homeless guy. The end, yeah, the yeah, thing I in mean, the park. Like a real yeah, homeless real, person, yeah. you know, that, that had, like, the mental facilities of a homeless person. And, and to meet somebody who used to be a genius, who's now a homeless person... With that kind of mentality, it was weird, man. It was almost surreal. Wow! But then you think about all the great music he played, and 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 that now he's living on the street, and he he doesn't even hardly knows his own name. Fuck, man! So weird, man. Yeah. But that was all weird. mental issues at that point, wasn't it? <laughs> well, that's what did it. It was yeah. deterioration. Yeah, he had mental yeah. issues and then physical problems too, because yeah. he probably had the shit yeah. beat out of him so much, and then yeah. all that. Hard living and stuff. By that time, he'd probably been beaten in the head as much as a boxer. Yeah. Just because living on the street you and know, had yeah, all these incidents. Bad, of, everything bad. You know, yeah. it, it gets your mental capacity down. Yeah, and dr all the drugs and yeah. alcohol and coke and who knows what. And uh, yeah, it was just sad. We, we um, it's <laughs> talking about all that kind of stuff, but we, got, we actually got a, quite a few listeners that are like, got a lot of health problems. And believe it or not, we actually get them through their day. Just really? fucking guitar wank. Yeah. We've you mean we don't cause more health problems? Yeah. We, we actually probably add... I think we probably add to the problem. I think our, I think our shit's so bad that they forget their own problems. That's that's what's going on. That's got to be And we get on. compliments. We get emails well, you know, from I'm people. always oh. happy to help out in any way I can. You know, if, we, if my we, misfortune just really recently, helps I just everybody, wanted to send a shout-out really to all our listeners that are dealing with health issues and fucking what oh, are you yeah, dealing man, with. Just, Fight, fight, fight. Do right. your best you yeah. can, man. Don't let the bastards get you down, mate. Try not to. And um, yeah, we you always. If you can, if you can still play the guitar, that's your that's your thing. Pick it up. Yeah. Make some yeah. music. Find the sounds. Your soul needs to sing. But uh, we just we had a I had a great email recently from someone <coughs> saying that they're, they're dealing with a lot of like they're they're terminally ill and they're dealing with shit where they're in bed every day and they can't oh, do much and, oh man I'm so and, sorry and we're man. we're it man we're it so um that's that's huge wow. and we yeah we hope we can so I guess that one chord or that tone doesn't really matter no I guess <laughs> not it doesn't when you put it no. in that kind of perspective nothing I do matters right. <laughs> shit oh, I'm glad I could bring us down really man well I guess this is a good place I gotta go slit my wrist so I'll see y'all later <laughs> You know, I, 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 you know, that's an interesting topic. I, mm -hmm. I should have dressed up. And I actually took a number of months off and didn't leave uh, my house for a while. Because I actually went partially blind this year. What? I what? An what, alcohol? No, an advanced case of glaucoma out of nowhere. Really? Wow. So I actually uh, lost the vision in the left eye and the right eye was going down. I went through numerous surgeries to the UCLA folks at Jules Stein and they got my vision back. I can drive again. But I Laser actually, surgery? It was a... Uh, uh, Valve, they actually put valves and shunts in my eyes. So like it was the pressure what, was, what was glaucoma, it? advanced glaucoma. So um, what what is a glaucoma? Basically, the pressure in your eye, it, it's like having high blood pressure in the eyeball. It just starts uh -huh. squeezing the nerve, and you just. Start. And how do they fix it? They actually have to put in basically pipes. It's like it's like getting plumbing in your eye to regulate wow. the eye pressure behind your eye, uh -huh. like plumbing behind plumbing your in the eye. eye. That's right. 
how do they get to that plumbing? Do they actually have to lasers take your eye out? No, no, they just do it. They knock you out, and you get all afternoon surgery with lasers and these. So, things. so how do they get in there from here or from here? Right through the front, right, right yeah. through the wow. front, under or above your eye, like right through, right in through your eye, in your eye, in right it. through it, right through the word cornea, all that stuff. Meets Whole, there. So it's microsurgery. It's gnarly shit. I'll put it that man. Way. You know what? Damn, my yeah. daughter. Tore her um, meniscus muscle. Oh, that's mm -hmm. right. So they had to go in and take a quarter of it out. Yep. And they do it all with lasers and microsurgery. And I met the doctor. Uh, we were we saw some of the video, and I and I was just like blown away because it's almost like science fiction. Mm -hmm. It is science. It's it a is. video game. It's yeah. a video yes, game. Yes, it is exactly. Yeah. And you know what? That's what he said. I said what. Is that like? And he said, "It's like playing a video game." Wow, that's yeah. What he I said. had a micro discectomy, you know, on my back where they on your balls. Well, yeah, well, that no, I, I think the balls no, on your no, back no, would be a bigger problem than that. Is that a massive accident? <laughs> no, no. Here's the deal, Mike. I am, I am getting ball talks. You know what I mean? Because I'm tired of them being so wrinkled. So you know. <laughs> Although I can't decide whether to call it scrotox or ball talks, but anyways, um, <laughs> but but it's such a show, isn't it? But but anyways, no, I had I had like a disc that was herniated, and they went in with the laser and cleaned uh -huh. it up. Uh huh. Back surgery, you know. Wow. A day later, I'm walking with lasers. It, it, I feel like I should add something. All I can think about is when I got my um, my ass hairs uh, bleached. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing I can add well, to this at the moment. Well, you needed it for that portal. Well, I, I needed it. You are in the San Fernando Valley. My yeah. career you must depended on it. Not gonna everybody, go, everybody go to TroyMcCubbin.com and check it out. You know out. what? I had an email the other day, and the guy was like, Dude, I went to TroyMcCubbin.com. It's a fucking porn site. I was like, I told you, it's a porn site. Is it good money? No, I don't do it. <laughs> Someone stole my fucking shit. Facebook keeps shutting me down. I'm like, Why are you shutting me down? It's not my site. Wow, interesting. Fucking hell. So, so, well, anyway. Well, well that's a good so, place to leave sorry, it. But now, I, I guess so, but, so. I mean, on the health topic, you know. When but you, now you're okay. You're, you can see. I, I, I go to the doctor every here. week. Yeah, I, I go check. Wow. They check my pressure. But I think at that period, you assess what's important to you. And, it's, you know, I, it was one of those things like, where I actually could start driving and get out again and fly and do stuff. And, mm -hmm. in fact, right in the middle of that, I, I there was a few folks I wanted to see their gig because I actually... It's like, well, there's nothing like going to see live music because I think mm -hmm. you know, we live on this music. So I did go to a gig, couldn't see through one eye, had to wear sunglasses, and went to go see my friend uh, Adam, who plays in the Zappa. He plays with Dole Bromo. Adam Minkoff was doing a. Uh huh. Uh, it was, actually, it was the music of, um, oh, God, who did all the, the Italian spaghetti westerns? Uh, the composer. Oh, uh, uh, Morricone. Morricone. He did a whole night of Morricone music. Cool. And Adam Levy was on. The Adam show. Levy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we had Adam, Adam on the show. Adam yeah. was on the show too. Adam was the guitar, and he was there. So I'm like, you know he, what? He doesn't play with Dweezil. Does no, he? no, and Levy. No, the other guy, Adam Minkoff, does oh, New York guy. But he used that in the two Adams. Too many Adams. And Larry Goldings was on keyboard. Mm -hmm. So it's like I got to go see that. But I, I had saw it through one blurry eye here, but it got you listen, and you know it's a uh, wow. But it's one of those things where I've been making a point to, and I well, it brings up the Holzer thing. To go see my favorite players while they're still around on this planet. Mm -hmm. Buy their music. Go see them live. Go support them. Mm -hmm. You know, because they're... Amen. You know, if you... That's really important. It, it is. Because it, it I... It, it's one thing to listen to their music, but... 
And same thing with you. I, you know, I still remember again watching you get it even before the gig, just playing through giant steps quietly, just those little moments. And who knows how many decades ago that was at this point. But that's cool, man. It's always different that's to cool. you know, because it's music. You, you you connect with music. So I I've personally been making it a point to go back and study more stuff and get into the Jimmy Weibel stuff. Like yeah, just reading books and going back and studying all this stuff and rereading all my old TED lessons and and that, that reminds me. Well, by the time this lesson comes, this show comes out, your video will be out. Yeah, I just oh, got the email. Yeah. It's Monday, which will be probably about eight Mondays ago yeah. by the time <laughs> right. we hear this. But so go check out my music masterclass. How many yeah. videos it's, you guys got? It's the seventh one. My uh, seventh seven. one. How many it's you got? Play the song. I have two. You have two. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I and I mention again that I have a online thing at MI. Oh, now. that's right, the MI yeah. thing. So the yeah. MI thing starts in January. Uh, the first class I think is January eighth. Right, and so that's two thousand nineteen. Yeah, and that's going to run till you know. <laughs> we don't know when this year it is. It's up to him, and it's all yeah. ten, ten week, good work. Ten week course, <laughs> but, but then again, it's going to be every ten weeks. Right, you know, yeah. and then and then when I'm on the road, um, what I do is I. Instead of doing like a one-hour l- lecture on Tuesdays, I do a two-hour lecture to make up how for how many times right. I missed. You like missed, if I'm yeah. on the road for three weeks or so, then I do like three two-hour lectures to make up for those. So, yeah. so you get your ten hours of lectures, no matter how they come, in one or two-hour sessions, you, depending you get, on my touring schedule. You get to study with Scott Anderson. Fucking yeah, awesome, man. You get to Come ask on. me all kinds of stupid questions, yeah. like, you know, what side of the stage you like to stand on and <laughs> what kind of picks do you use and all that stuff that everybody loves to ask guitar players. Does the color of the Strat matter? <laughs> right. It does. Does the color of your T-shirt matter? Well, Pat needs the stripes. So he's still going with the stripes. Think, yeah, he's, he's, well, he's practicing to be a gondolieri in Venice. Right. It's all, it's all so, this is yeah. this is probably our last show for the 2018. Really? I would imagine, right? Oh, uh, no, we have a show Saturday. We with, have the show um, Saturday. Oh, with um, but but we, we you know who knows when any of this is going to air. So let's not even go there. Let's not. Yeah, do this yeah, because we, nobody knows when it's going to air. Because that's, that's the thing about our show. We do it. People people seem sometimes think that we come here like on a weekly basis but we don't because yeah. Bruce doesn't even live in LA so and and I'm traveling here and there and traveling blah blah blah, 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 blah blah so we get together and do like a massive and podcast Troy's, for Troy's five hours got one then, of those bracelets then, uh, you know he's only allowed to, <laughs> he's only allowed to get away every so uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah and then when I'm dealing with my porn site that yeah, kicks yeah, and, 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 and I think we're within 500 feet of a school so Wait. we're already dangerous <laughs> is this a porn set because I'm, I'm sitting on this couch kind of warm oh uh, no, no you're going to have to wash we put plastic down I highly suggest you sanitize heavily we put plastic down Nothing gets on the couch. You know those so gigs where you get to the club and you're in the backseat. You're like, yeah. I shouldn't be sitting on this couch. Right. Oh man, you, yeah. know, yeah. you, know, you, don't, you don't want to take a black light out. Yeah, you know, God forbid. God <laughs> oh, damn it, no. God. No, you could just feel like you're getting something When's, while you're sitting I, there on was, the couch. I had one more question for you, Bruce. When's, Me? Um, uh, must have been I do lie. nothing I but I can't talk. Think of it. I can't think of it. All right, I'm well, tired of hearing my voice. All right, well, we're out. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, good night. Good night. James, good night. Thank, thank you so you. much, man. James, thank you. 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 you. Thank 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 you. Thank
happened tonight. I'm just happy about like an intervention. I would say. I I just want to have tacos and hang out. You know. Oh, let's have taco cheese. Taka Gitano. See, it says coming out of his mouth. Yeah, I wanted to show you, um, um, speaking of this, when I was playing with uh, with HBC, uh, with Jeff oh. Berlin and Dennis Chambers, <laughs> oh, this is this is our dressing room in Spain. This is in Madrid. <laughs> this, was our, this, was, this is in the dressing room. <laughs> so you shouldn't feel too bad about Honestly, sitting man, on that couch. You know, That's why this couch is brown. <laughs> this why this, speaking of brown. It's brown. I just had a realization today. You know, Brown, of course, we're thinking about shipping packages and brown, that's the mm-hmm. only company that wanted to own that color, which is really strange. You got the socks, though. But, but <laughs> why would any Anybody who ships things name themselves Oops. <laughs> oops, really? <laughs> think about it. Not only did they pick that brown the spread as their color, but they're oops. oops. Look, at the sp- look at the spread backstage, Bruce. Oh, that was nice. the spread. That's nice, huh? Oh, oh my god. Like great stuff. <laughs> like, you know, everything that's everything that's on the rider that, that, that they didn't pay attention to. Oh I my god. It's shit shit brown. It's 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 all bad. Huh? It was in Madrid. Oh it's well. That among other shit. Alright, good night everybody. And this was our spread. Check this out. I love this. This was our spread in this gig in New Jersey. They had the paper cups and the plates. But no food. But no food. <laughs> <laughs> but they had the paper cups and the plates. We got the oh. plates. Oh. Well, they were vintage. Yeah. They were vintage, too. And nothing to put oh in them, but God. they had the paper cups and the plates, but not a thing to drink or eat. <laughs> Wonderful, man. Professional career.